Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. through Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Colin. We're looking at it through your new translation, The Truth, and uh, you were explaining to us yesterday what Paul was saying in chapter 3 of his letter, really explaining the true purpose of the church, that it is a, a united body of Jewish and Gentile believers. And uh, I guess it's important that we really do understand that this is the church universal, isn't it? Not just our local church. There is only one church. There is only one body of Christ. And those who are part of it are all those who are born again and have received the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, They have been incorporated into the body of Christ, and Christ lives in each one of them. So you don't become a part of the church by going to a church, but by being incorporated into Christ, who is the head of the church. And that's the great truth that Paul is bringing out in this epistle. And we read in chapter 3, verse 11, it has always been his purpose, that is God's purpose, from the very beginning that all this should be made possible in Christ Jesus our Lord. What made possible? Well, what we were talking about at the end yesterday, that the church should declare the truth of who Jesus is and of what he has accomplished, should actually proclaim the full authority, power, and victory of Jesus even to the heavenly rulers and authorities, that that the church is not just to have impact on earth, but even in the spiritual realm, in the heavenlies. And this is a church from the nations, not just from Israel now. Oh, yes, it's the church worldwide, yes, wherever the church exists. And so Paul says, because you live in him and have faith in him, you are able to approach God freely and with confidence. So I ask you not to be put off because I have had to suffer for your sake. Rather, regard these sufferings as a means by which you have come to know God's glory. Can you see how it's quite difficult in uh, each day as we have these programs to get into the flow of, of uh, Paul's argument? And one of the great things that people are saying about this new translation is they can't put it down. Uh, I had a woman come up to me and say, I I bought a copy just a few days ago, and ever since I haven't been able to put it down. And she said, I've never read the Bible like that before. And what happens is, you see, you get into the understanding of what Paul is saying, or the other writers. You get into the flow, as it were, and you want to carry on. It's not just like reading a few verses, because remember, the Bible was never written in verses, and and, uh, it was written as a narrative. Each book was written as a narrative, not in chapters and verses. And, and, and so there is a, like a continuous unfolding, a continuous revelation of the truth. And when, when you get into that, it's, it's wonderful how, how uh, the Scripture just takes you on further and further and further into this revelation of Jesus. And actually it is exciting and you don't want to put it down. In fact, you know, although I've spent two years working on this, I can actually read it now. Because, you know, every time I've been doing I've been translating or I've been editing or I've been proofreading or whatever. And, of course, your mind, therefore, is looking at it um, at a, from a very analytical point of view. Whereas now I can just let the, the truth minister to me. And, and it's wonderful. And because, you know, I know there was a real anointing as I did this, 
I can't always remember how I translated various things myself. People say, how did you translate so-and-so and so-and-so? And I say, well, wait a minute, I'll have to look it up <laughs> because I can't remember. Um, because, you know, it was just so much the, the, the revelation of the Spirit. But this is the truth, you see. That's why it's called the Truth New Testament. And God is unfolding the truth to us. And the truth is exciting. It really is exciting. I mean, the New Testament isn't boring, not when you understand what is being said. It is so exciting. And it's so exciting to understand how big the purpose of God is and that we, ordinary Christians, have just been made part of this amazing purpose that God is going to declare to the whole of creation his purpose through the church universal in this world. I, you know, to us, we think, well, come on, wait a minute, look how great God's creation is. But he said, yes, but I'm going to reveal the truth of who I am to the whole of creation through my people here on earth. And, and to think that we are part of that, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. So exciting, and what a privilege. It's as if Paul is putting all this into a sort of a timeline, isn't it? And saying, this is where we are in this point of time. This is now what is emerging. Well, this is always the difficulty, you see, of, uh, I mean, what... What happened when God sent his son, uh, God who is the eternal one, God who lives outside of time, entered time, sent his son into time, sent God who is present everywhere, became a man who could only be in one place at one time. I mean, Jesus could only be, God was still everywhere, but Jesus could only be in one place at one time. Uh, it, it's like God entering into our Mm. sort of sphere of uh, sphere of of, of um, experience mm. and showing us what it meant to live the life of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven here on earth within the confines of of this world within the confines of time and space very very exciting and and we see that we are part of a great universal eternal plan that God is working out that's interesting you talk about the eternal plan, Colin, because as you say, at a moment in time, Jesus was born as a baby just 2,000 years ago. We tend to forget that the Gentiles, us Gentiles and the nations, have actually only had the gospel for 2,000 years. That's right. Um, and uh, you know, the, one of the prophecies about Jesus in Isaiah is that the increase of his government will know no end. Now, we can look at what is happening in the world around uh, and in this generation, we can see that there is so much happening in our own nation and in other nations that is clearly not the will and the purpose of God. But, you see, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. The kingdom of God is advancing all the time. The kingdom of God is being extended in the world all the time. The church is growing. More and more people are becoming believers. So it's wonderful. Uh, because nothing can hinder and nothing can stop the purposes of God. The devil can't do that. Uh, atheists can't do it. Humanists can't do it. No demon can do it. Nothing can stop the purpose of God. He has already ordained what he is going to do, and nobody is going to be able to stop him. And, and the wonderful thing is that we are part of that ongoing purpose. And it's also amazing that God should have chosen us in our weakness and our 
you know, the limitations of our humanity, and sometimes we sin, sometimes we fail, sometimes we disobey, and yet God has taken all that into account and still uses us and still causes his kingdom to advance and still is taking us all further on towards the fulfillment of his purposes. So why do you think God has asked you to do this translation now? Do you think that maybe history is coming towards an end? Well, it's nearer the end now, because obviously uh, the time when Jesus will come again, whenever that is, and nobody knows when that will be, um, is nearer now than it was before. But no, I, I, this is part of God's unfolding purpose. That, that's all. It's just part of God's unfolding purpose. Um, he is going to use it to speak to thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people uh, in various parts of the English-speaking world. But you've had a pressure on you to finish it. You've really worked hard over two years to do this. There must be some reason why God has got you on this case. Oh, yes. Well, so intensively. I mean, yeah, but when God anoints, you know, things happen very quickly. When there's no anointing, you struggle, don't you, over <laughs> years to accomplish something. Um, but yeah, oh, yes, I, I believe God, there is very definite timing of God in this, yes. And and uh, there is still much more to accomplish, much more that, that he's wanting me to do, I know. So, you know, I can't retire, can I? Not yet. There's too much going on. <laughs> oh, never. I don't think ever. No. While no. I draw breath, I still want to be part of this unfolding purpose of God. We go on to a prayer that, that, Paul, that Paul wrote for these Ephesians. Yes, and that starts in chapter 3, verse 14. Very well-known prayer. We can just begin uh, to look at it today. You can see from all this why I kneel before the Father, the one who is responsible for his entire family, those already in heaven and those on the earth. We must remember that, you know, the church is not just those who are here on earth, but we are part of this total purpose of God that, um, you know, we we are at one with the whole host of heaven that is worshiping God in heaven. So he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, you will be strengthened with power by the working of his spirit in your inmost being. This is so that you will know the presence of Christ in your hearts because of your faith in him. What we need to understand here, and of course throughout Paul's teaching and the other New Testament writers in what they teach, is the whole work of salvation is a progressive thing. That if we are saved, then God is causing us to work out that salvation with fear and trembling in our lives. In other words, we become part of the purpose of God so that he can work out that purpose in our lives. So you see, what Paul is saying is, um, yes, he's already made clear in the earlier part of the epistle, God has already blessed us with every power of heaven, with every blessing of heaven, with all the life that is in Christ. We are co-heirs with him of everything that God has to give. And yet, there is a sense that we keep needing to receive that which God has given us in Christ. And so this is why he's praying in the way that he is. I pray that you will be strengthened with power by the working of his spirit in your inmost being. There's a sense in which we have received, but we need to go on receiving more and more and more from God so that we can be givers of his life. 
to people. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 